On today's episode of the podcast, I pose the question, does it take a village to raise a child? I talk about self-care during motherhood and how absolutely challenging it is to take good care of yourself when you're giving everything of yourself away all the time. I talk about the need of community and how so many of us who are living these roles as mothers and fathers, but mostly mothers, are in need of more support. And that maybe the answer to so many of our problems isn't finding the time for more self-care, but reframing how we look at motherhood and living lives where we are more in community. I have a lot of questions when it comes to mothering that I don't have the answer to, but I have a feeling we'll be able to figure them out together. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Let's jump in. Hi, everyone. Hi, hi, hi. How are you? Welcome to a brand new episode of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. As your host of this show, I gotta say, I am in shock that you are still listening to this podcast. <laughs> I Okay, I'm having a very low self-esteem week this week. I feel like last week was like a very high self-esteem week. This week is very low. We're doing this roller coaster thing where we go high and then we go really low and then we go high again. We never chill in any sort of grounded in-between space. So yeah, I'm just kind of sitting here feeling like I am terrible at this. <laughs> um, uh, I, I've just, I was sitting here doing my little pre-podcast ritual that I do. Instead of tea today, I'm drinking hot chocolate bone broth, like a hot cacao bone broth. If you've never tried it, I so recommend. If you're into bone broth and you want to break from just the regular flavor of a savory bone broth, hot cocoa is a really nice way to, to support your gut and get your bone broth in. But anyway, I was just sitting here sipping my little broth. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely exhausted. I feel... Like I'm just the shell of a human being right now. 
and I was about to start recording. I did my little, you know, grounding and my little breaths that I take before I hit record. And all I could think of was I am probably the least inspiring person in the whole world right now. I must be, I must be the opposite of motivating. I'm demotivating <laughs> right now. I've just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I was looking through my own Instagram stories from the past day. And it's basically just me talking about how hard things are at this moment. And I'm in this place where my inner critical voice is just very, very loud. And I just, I, I, I was just thinking, like, I can't believe there's people who listen to this podcast, even though my life feels like a mess. Like, what do I have to bring to the world right now? What do I have to share with the world? How am I possibly inspiring or motivational or providing anything for anyone, you know, aside from breastfeeding? <laughs> like, that's... And, and I'm, I'm kind of laughing this off a little bit, but truly this is the space that I have, um, that I have been in for the past couple of days. And I sort of wish I could just shrug it off and come up with a really fun topic for today's episode of the show, give you a little how-to or, you know, let's talk about food or we talk about movement or we talk about, I don't know, anything. And then uh, no. No, it's, I don't know if it's my biggest weakness or my greatest superpower, but uh, all I can do is speak on what is. Um, I have complete, like a complete inability to fake it or to pretend. Even on days when I wish I could kind of fake it and pretend. Some days it's just nice when, when people ask you, oh, how, how you doing? And it's a casual ask to go, I'm fine. Yeah, like I'm, or I'm good. Everything's good. And I just, I can't, if I'm not fine, I can't, I can't say I'm fine. If everything's not good, I can't say everything's not good. And like we had friends over this week with kids and I, I feel like I made the joke that like, man, parenting is really hard. I feel like I took it too far. <laughs> I just had the feeling like... I took the honesty of just we're in a hole right now of everything being kind of hard. I took it so far that I just had a feeling like they're in the car driving home going like, man, Rachel needs help. <laughs> you know, like how you do as a couple or as spouses when you've interacted with someone and you've thought the same thing all day, but you haven't had a chance to talk about it. And then you're in the car and you're like, oh my God, someone needs to send them like a babysitter or something like some that they're not doing okay. Right. And even then as when they left, he's like, hey, is it really like evident that like we're not like we're not great right now? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. And um, I don't know why I can sit here. Like I'm in a mood where I can just laugh about it. I feel a little, I have some distance uh, to, toward it. Even though if I get really quiet right now, because I'm speaking into the mic and I have headphones that go into the recorder. So with the headphones and the mic, I have super hearing. I hear everything in the house. I can hear the baby crying right now. Like I just, you probably can't because it's very faint. <laughs> it's just the undertones of it. And uh, it's not like an all out terrible cry, but it's like, a, it's not a happy baby. And even just knowing that, <sighs> or actually no, I think it's quiet. Yeah. We have reached a place this week where just, I don't know, we, 
can't even talk. Yesterday was one of the hardest days ever. And um, we've reached points where just Finn, he cries, but he cries just to kind of like, it's how he communicates now. It's really interesting. Like he gets into this really intense phase of crying. And if I talk to him while he cries, as if his cries is him telling telling me like, hey, I'm overwhelmed or hey, this sucks or hey, I feel scared right now or hey, I don't know where we are. This is new. This is too much for me. Everything's loud. You know, I just I'm imagining him, which he is right. Our babies, when they cry, they are communicating. It's the only way they know how to communicate. And I'm just like really imagining like, okay, hey, we had a hard day today. And he's like telling me about it. And that's really what his cries are sounding like now. He's not crying out of pain. It's not like unbearable, high pitch, inconsolable crying. It's just, he's kind of just like crying a lot. (laughs) I don't know. But when I respond to him, and like yesterday, we had a yeah, super hard day. We had one great day this week that was just sunshine and puppies and rainbows and butterflies all day where everything was so smooth. Every nap, he just like quietly, gently, happily fell asleep, woke up happily, ate a lot, smiled a lot, laughed a lot, had a great night's sleep. Like everything was just amazing. And we decide, oh, everything, parenting is not so hard. Like all you need is one day that isn't super hard. And you're like, this is fine. (laughs) We're not in despair. Like this is totally reasonable. Let's go get him his passport tomorrow. (laughs) In Sweden, it's really common. Like you get your passport for your baby right away. I know in the States, people sometimes wait really far into adulthood to get a passport. But no, here we we always like you want your passport like early. And we are going to travel end of October. I can tell you about that in a, in a in a little bit, but we decide we're gonna get his passport, and we wanted to for a while. And it's like, yeah, and it's a thirty minute drive to to Uppsala, which is the town I was born in, the town I'm from. It's Sweden's fourth biggest town, which still means it's a very small town. You know, Stockholm, our capital, has like a million. What is it now? A million two. I have to Google it because I I will feel embarrassed. Oh shit! See, this is embarrassing. <laughs> there, there's 1.7 million people in Stockholm. Okay, I was thinking it was like 1.2 or 3. When I lived in Stockholm, we hadn't even hit a million. Like when I moved away, we were like at the million mark or 900,000 or something. Okay, so yeah, Stockholm is our biggest city, 1.7 million people. That is really tiny compared to most other countries. You know, Sweden is a really like geographically a big country, but it's very scarcely populated. We don't have a lot of people hanging out here. (laughs) And Uppsala is the fourth largest city, which doesn't say anything. Like it's still a very small town, very quaint. It's a university city, cobblestone streets everywhere. Everybody's on bikes, students all around. Like it's very, very beautiful. There's a river that runs right through through the town. And um, we decided to get a passport there instead of going to Stockholm because Stockholm is like a 50 minute drive-ish. And the car is very, very hard for little our little son. And we were feeling so confident because we had that one great day. So we decided to go in. And because I know now the car is horrible, I know now he hates the car. It's just we can anticipate it. We expect it. I'm not expecting him to be happy or quiet or cry or sleep. You know, I'm, I'm kind of expecting him to cry the whole time. 
And now that I have that expectation, when he only cries half the time, that's really good. Like, that's not bad at all. So we had like half of the time crying. So 15 minutes of a baby crying very loudly is a lot of minutes. I spoke about this in last week's podcast and the week before this riveting content I'm bringing you at this very exciting stage of my life where I have so much wisdom to to give. (laughs) Well, I talked about just how harsh it is on the nervous system when your baby's crying. It's hard for other people to hear a baby cry. I mean, we know that that fingers, fingernails on blackboard feeling that you get when you hear a baby cry. But when it's your own baby crying, it's that feeling times 100,000 million. And it's that feeling, it like penetrates your soul, right? It's so, so hard. And I don't know if it's just, is it just hard for me? No way. I, I, I get comments and DMs from you moms who listen to the show and who follow me online all day, every day. And I know you feel the same. It's just, I think some people are a little bit more easygoing and can detach a little bit maybe, or don't take it as seriously, or, you know, it's just a baby crying, no big deal. I am not that person. I, I try to be more relaxed about him crying. It's very, very, very hard. I, I don't feel like I'm in despair about his crying anymore, but it's still very, very hard. So for your nervous system, after you've had 10, 15 minutes of a baby crying, I mean, it's, it's, you, you really need a complete reset. You need so much self-care and support after having endured just an elongated time of crying. And I don't think we are able to give ourselves what we need very often as parents of a newborn. We really have to make a massive effort to kind of reset and ground after something like that. And if it's happening several times a day, you know, it's really just, it's it's a lot for our systems to, to handle. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Ritual's Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. So anyway, we get to town 
He stopped crying. We get to the police station, which is where we get our passports here. And it was so smooth. We were like right on time. We didn't have to wait in line. We literally walked straight in. They took his picture. He's very cute. When I get the passport back, I'll, I'll share it on Instagram. Very cute picture. He even was smiling and just like being very, very adorable with all the people working there. And then for some reason... Yeah, I guess I was just like overly confident from the great day we had the day before. But we had, um, we're doing a like a test on our groundwater here at the farm. I wanted to do that since we moved in. I haven't tested the water from our well. I mean, it's it's Sweden and, you know, you can drink the, the water from the tap here everywhere you are. But that doesn't mean that the pipes are good. It doesn't mean that the groundwater actually is what you want it to be. I'm a huge proponent of water purifiers and air purifiers, unless you live in just magical wilderness and you're drinking from a spring, right? In Sweden, it's not like we have, you know, our water full of chlorine and fluoride and stuff like in a lot of other places. Um, but we have a lot of pharmaceutical runoff and stuff. It's a huge issue here that people don't talk about enough. Anyway, so I've wanted to do this water test for a long time. So I finally have, it's like a little kit that you have to, you, f- you fill the waters into the different kinds of bottles in different ways. And then you have to drop it off at a lab and then they ship it off. And we had to do that because we had all the, we had the, the samples in the car. And then, then it was like, well, maybe I can go drop off the, the water. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll just walk to town because anything is better than the car. Right? I don't want to put him back in the car. Like we're we're just we're very close. Like I can do it's like a 10, 15, 15, maybe 20 minute walk. And we have this stroller and it's nice out. Yay! Let's do it. And I just was kind of thinking, like, I have a baby that I can just stroll around in with. I can stroll in him. I can stroll around with him. Like, you know, I don't want to say like a regular mom, because I know a lot of people have a similar situation as I do. Or at least in these early stages of childhood, we go through phases and cycles similar to this at different times. It's just, I'm in a place right now where I feel very alone in the things that are hard right now. And I have this idea in my head that everybody else has a baby that loves the stroller and they're just out for walks all day and they're going to the city all the time and they're out at cafes eating cinnamon buns, enjoying themselves And um, just having like a grand old great time, you know, with babies that don't cry, that that are happy in the car and happy in the stroller and sleep easy. I know this is not true, but this is how, this is what my mind tells me when things are kind of hard, that I'm all alone. I have a hard time right now. No one else does. It's just me. Something's wrong with me. I'm doing something wrong, right? I'm mothering poorly. But yeah, I kind of like we were there and I was like, oh, but we have the stroller. I just like forgot about how things actually are. And uh, Dennis drove off and I put him in the stroller and I was like so excited. We're going to have our first little outing today. And I was thinking, oh, I started walking down the river toward town. I'm like, "Mm, we can go for lunch, maybe sit outside. Like the weather is so nice. Actually, we need to buy Finn. He needs some new pajamas. Like we need some new clothing. He's just outgrown everything. It would be really nice to go to a bookstore. There's a bookstore, like an English bookstore there that I really love. I prefer to read all my books in English. And I just started like, hmm, like so fun. You know, I like got excited. And and then I remember, ooh, like I'm going to be passing my old house. So I have lived, 
Um, I was born in Uppsala and I've lived in a bunch of different places in Uppsala, but the place I was born in, where we lived when I was born, it's called Linnea Gatan. It's like a kind of a known street in Uppsala. It's right on the river. It's like a really cute little, like little duplex, like old school, very, yeah, it's like a really precious little neighborhood. And uh, I'm like, oh, I'll go past. That's so cool. And I get there, like we had like five minutes in stroller <laughs> that were me just, him just being happy and me like, no, 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 this is going to be a great day. And then we reached the house, like my old house. And I, I kid you not, imagine an imaginary line right in front of the gate to the house like that you enter to get into this little courtyard to enter the, the building. Like imagine a line drawn in the street. <laughs> The, the exact moment the stroller and I crossed this line, Finn went from totally quiet content. He wasn't even complaining. Like it was just very, it was just quiet, like looking at the trees to crying so hard and so high pitch that people approached me in the street asking if I needed help. <laughs> like it, it happened so fast, so quick so out of the blue, you know, and we haven't had a moment like this really in a city before. We haven't, you know, we, 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 we really haven't. <laughs> and I was alone. Dennis was dropping off those samples, which was taking a really long time. And he just cried and he cried and he cried and he cried. And for some reason, all the things, because he normally does, he doesn't cry like this at home. Like, no, no, no. Um, this was just, it was, it was the fucking worst. I can't tell you. And probably what I think it is like a combination of him, like him hating being in the car so much, like his little body, his little system can't handle it. And then when he cries for that amount of time, which is not normal for him, it takes, it's very hard for him to recuperate. You know, it's like his nervous system is just shot after that. And then the moment he kicked into crying again, he just couldn't stop. And I'm like walking up and down. I try to like get off the road where there's a lot of people. I go to the river where there's trees and like there's a little piece of nature there, you know, which is what he knows. Like he doesn't know the city. He doesn't know the sound of cars. He doesn't know the sound of bustling streets and people. Like he doesn't, he's never had that. It's very quiet. Like we live on a tiny, on a little homestead. Like we, there's nothing here. It's trees and the sound of the wind and birds and the occasional dog barking. Like that's what he knows. And he just wouldn't stop crying. And I'm walking up and down this river. I like threw the stroller to hell, <laughs> just like pushed it off <laughs> into like a, like a park bench, left it there with all my stuff. And just like I'm walking up and down the river, trying to bounce him, trying to soothe him, trying to talk to him, trying to sing to him. I start crying. Like it's very hard for me eventually. Like he reaches a certain level of crying where I just, I, I cry. I can't even contain myself. I try to sit down on the park bench to feed him. He absolutely won't take the boob. I mean, it was just up and down, up and down. Eventually, this very sweet, like, Indian-looking couple, I think they were from India, they just, like, approach me and they're like, you know, like, the, I couldn't really hear them over the crying. Like, you, are you okay? You know, like, giving me, like, a thumbs up and a thumbs down. Like, <laughs> you know, can you signal to us? Should we take your baby? Like, do you want to go for a dip in the river? Should we call someone? Like, do you need help? And I'm like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> you know, just like smiling, like waving them off. Like, mm -hmm. 
and I'm, and he just keeps crying and he cries and he cries and they didn't leave. Like they sat down at the park bench closest to me talking to each other. Like, I don't think I was the center of their whole universe or anything, but just looking at me the whole time. And I don't know if they were like, okay, let's, let's just stay close in case this mom like loses it entirely. It felt loving. It didn't feel, feel judgmental. It didn't feel like they were sitting there like, oh my God, is she torturing this poor child? It wasn't like that. It was like, they were just giving me a little bit of presence, <laughs> maybe waiting for a moment where I would like put him on a park bench and walk away or something. I don't know. But I chose to 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 interpret that as like sweet and loving and not as interfering or judgmental because I don't think it was. And yeah, and that went on until all of a sudden it didn't. And... I sit down on this park bench, <laughs> sweating. I think my boob might have been out like half of the time. I don't know. <laughs> like a like a dress with buttons, like a button-down shirt, but a dress. And uh, I just like, it was just open, flowing in the wind, like boobs. <laughs> boobs <laughs> swaying, swinging in the breeze. <laughs> oh my God, someone told me something so funny. I was... um. I shared a little like photo of me breastfeeding Finn. This was like last week in the car. You know how you do when your baby's crying in the car seat and you like contort yourself into the craziest, most acrobatic, bizarre posture to try to shove your boob into your baby's mouth to like try to get them to stop crying when you're driving. And I was doing that and someone wrote me, it was the funnest DM. She's like, oh, I have three kids. And my first one, like I, I, I wouldn't even do that. Like we didn't go anywhere in the car. We just stayed home. Second kid, like I definitely was like doing the contortionist thing. Third kid, I didn't even have to lean over. I could just like throw him the boob. <laughs> Can you imagine? Boobs, they just get like longer and, and like they, the gra- gravity just like pulls them closer to the ground. So eventually, you don't even have to lean over. I was telling Dennis, I'm like, if we have another baby, maybe I can sit in the front seat and I just like haul a boob over my shoulder into the baby's mouth like easy <laughs> no back pain need it at all anyway i was laughing at that when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But yeah, I just was sitting there just like trying to recover, you know. And then the thing about this is, and I'm really contemplating like this this whole concept of caring for someone so with with everything you have because that's what motherhood is like that's you know it's so all-consuming it's everything you have when you have a newborn obviously for the rest of your life you're going to be caring for your kids and loving your kids with everything you have but the amount of caring sort of you can ease up on that a little bit for every year that passes as your kid gets more independent and more self-sufficient like now I have a six and a half year old who can make, you know, make her own sandwiches and like gets her own fruit for snack and obviously dresses herself. She puts up her own hair. She reads her own books. Like, like this is the cool thing about parenting is that just they grow. (laughs) Okay. You're never in, 
you're obviously kids grow, but you're never in one phase for too long, right? And in the very beginning, you care for your baby with everything you have, absolutely everything, with your whole entire body. It's not just, you know, you you grew them with your body during pregnancy and then you birthed them through your body with pregnancy and then you're trying to recover from that birth, right? And like regain your strength and everything. And then you're nursing them. So you're literally sustaining a whole human being with your own body. But it's also like everything just starts to hurt after a while. You know, you're carrying them. You're sleeping super weird. You're, you are you try to keep good alignment as you're breastfeeding, but you're not. I mean, you're not. You know, they say like, bring the baby to you. Don't lean forward into the baby. Yeah, I mean, that goes out the window after like a week. Like you're not, you, you don't have great posture when you nurse, no matter how many pillows you use. There's just weird stuff going on. You might be changing your diet to accommodate you know, your baby and if they have any allergies or they have a tummy ache or you don't know what's going on, you're trying different things. Like it's your whole body head to toe, like your brain is fried, doesn't work anymore. Your hormones are all over the place. You're trying to like regain your strength and kind of nourish yourself. But it's literally, you're, you're giving your whole body to this little tiny human. There's no space left over for much else, right? And then obviously your whole heart, like you love this tiny being so much, you you can't not feel them. It's like now, like I know Finn is two rooms away. If he cries, I know. <laughs> and I know it physically, I know it emotionally, I know it energetically. Like he's just, I love him so much. It's It freaks me out sometimes. Yes, it's like the love is so overwhelming and so overpowering. And Leia, I love her so much. It, it it scares me a little bit, just the amount of, of, of love that I have for these tiny little beings. And then with your whole mind, it's like you're thinking about them all the time. You're worrying about them. You're wondering if everything's okay. If there's a problem, you're spending, you know, uh, uh, trying to find a million ways to solve it. You're trying to optimize, making sure that they're super healthy and everything's great. And, you know, I'm like, at the same time that I'm, I find like a little dot on Finn's skin, you know, newborns, they get a little bit blotchy sometimes, or he gets, you know, if he's, if he's hot, he gets red. And then if he's cool, he, like, it's like his skin changes all the time. I find a little like mosquito bite on him. I'm like, oh my God, what is that? And I'm really looking at it and thinking about it and spending time on this little mosquito bite on his arm. <laughs> Should I put something on it? No, he's fine. I wonder if it's bothering him. Is it itching? Do, 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 do babies itch the same? Hmm. Like if I put this on it, maybe that would be good. Should I get like a net for the stroller? You know, my, my brain is like, because of nothing, right? It's a mosquito bite. It does not matter, but that's just what the brain does. And at the same time, Leia comes home and she's like, I'm a little, like, I don't know if I have like a great friend at school yet. She's been to school for two days. School just started. And I go, oh my God, disaster. Okay, Leia feels like she doesn't have any friends. I wonder what's going on. I wonder if she's being really forward and loud. Sometimes, like, I've seen that. Like, kids have a hard time with that sometimes. I start to worry. Maybe she's, what if she's too too loud for this world? Like, I felt that way. Should I talk to a parent? I don't want her to change to accommodate anybody. What if the school is not good? I don't like the Swedish school system. I think the school system kind of sucks. It's so outdated. Are they supporting her emotionally? Like, are they there to catch her if she gets sad in the day? What are these kids like? Like, I don't know any of them yet. I saw this one kid did not like look like someone that I would want her to be friends with, but maybe that's just me being judgmental. That's my phone. 
am I being judgmental? Is she going to be okay? And I, and I just like, it doesn't end, right? (laughs) I sound like a crazy person, but this is how my mind works. And then I talk to Dennis about it. And Dennis does not work the same way. When Leah says she doesn't have like a friend in school yet, he's like, oh, but you've only been to school for two days. (laughs) Like, and Hey, I saw you playing with like a bunch of kids both days when I picked you up. Tell me about those kids. What are their names? And what were you guys playing? And what did you do? And he just like redirects into the positivity of what they did that day. And I'm like in a pit of, oh my God, what if she doesn't get any friends? Is this the right thing, the wrong thing? It's it's so all consuming. And this is just two tiny examples of yesterday, literally yesterday. This was just <laughs> a mosquito bite and a question about friends. You just, you give so much of yourself. So this whole concept of taking care of yourself while you're giving all of yourself away. <laughs> it's really contradicting. It's really, really, really challenging. You know, self-care during the different more challenging stages of parenthood, particularly mother- motherhood, I think just has to be the hardest thing there is. And sometimes I th- I think about this and I know I'm not alone. I mean, most of us, a lot of us mother, right? A lot of us choose to have kids, I don't know how many people choose not to have kids and kudos to you. Like we all get to choose our own path. I'm not one of those people who think it's weird when people choose not to have kids at all. So, you know, I'm not saying that you have to be a parent to experience greatness. And, you know, there's a lot of, I feel, judgment for people who choose not to have kids, but I get you. Okay. But particularly like as mothers and fathers, obviously more from this viewpoint of mothers, not that fathers don't work really hard. But moms work harder. I mean, we all know that we can call it like it's 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 different for a mother. Just how are we supposed to take care of ourselves? Like how how is it supposed to be? <laughs> and the more and more the more time I spend thinking about this, how challenging self care is when you're a parent. How challenging self care is, especially in the early days of motherhood. I I keep reaching the conclusion that I've been looking at the idea of self-care during motherhood kind of in the wrong way. And let me see if I can kind of phrase this in a, in a way that makes sense. So I used to think that time with my baby can't be self-care, right? Like for, for self-care, I need, I need space. I need, I need to have time to myself. I need to be able to go to do a yoga class or I need, you know, 20 minutes to meditate in the morning or go for a walk alone, or I need to sit with tea, I need to go foraging, like I have all these things that I constitute as self-care, and I can't do them with a baby in my arms, right? So I need that alone time, I need that space, but it's near impossible to get. And also taking care of my body when so much is so challenging for the body, right? When you are nursing all hours of the day and night, when you are carrying a baby, all day like you are it's going to be so so hard to balance that out like no amount of body work or massage that I could ever make space for which I can't I haven't done a single time no amount of yoga or stretching is gonna even that out right it's just so much and the more I think about this the more it just starts to dawn on me that 
self-care has to be motherhood. Motherhood has to be self-care. It can't be, I have to step out of my role right now to go take care of myself and then I'll step back in, right? Like you take the baby and I go do this thing and then I take him back. It has to be this absolute complete rewiring of our lives and of our of our brains in terms of what we expect. And I think we live in a society that's not at all set up for mothers to be able to mother in a way that is sustainable at all. I mean, who could possibly, who on earth could alone without a village, without a tribe, without community, do the whole mothering journey and at the same time take great care of their bodies, their hearts, their souls, their minds. I just I just don't see how it's possible. And I can see kind of in the old days or the old ways of things that the whole saying it takes a village to raise a child. Like I can absolutely see how when you are more than one person or one couple, which is kind of how we do it now, we're in these little bubbles. We live in separate apartments or separate houses. And we might have community with people that we see and we visit or they visit us or we go for coffee or we go to a mom group or, you know, we have people that kind of enter and then leave, but we're still, we're doing it alone, right? We're alone at night. We're alone in the day. Whoever, you know, we might be all alone. Like we might be parenting solo or you have one person needs to be at work, which is how the normal thing goes. Maybe you have to be back at work and you have to parent a baby like from afar five days a week. Like how... How impossible is this? The more I think about it, it just does not compute. It does not It does not work. The concept of doing it alone and the concept of somehow doing it all to retain a career, to keep kind of doing the, the climb, to keep earning money, to keep to keep up appearances, you know, to keep going on social media, to keep a social life, to keep all the things that we're supposed to keep doing, right? As women, that we can do it all, we can have it all. We're all equal to men now. So we're supposed to do everything that men do or did. It's just, it doesn't, there's something about it that just doesn't work. The equation is off. And I feel like I'm in a very privileged position when it comes to to motherhood when it comes to my life overall, you know, in that I get to work from home, in that I have a spouse who is home a lot, who's here really sharing this burden with me. I mean, that alone is so rare. Um, we live in this beautiful place. We have access to nature. We're not struggling financially. I mean, I feel like I have so many resources and so many tools available to me. And still, this is so hard, right? So then imagine someone with less resources, imagine someone with no resources, imagine the single moms out there who do this all alone, that also have to go to work and make ends meet. Like, there are so many layers to this and so many levels of challenging things that come along with mothering. And at the same time, there is no more important job that exists on this earth. There's no role that is more essential, not just to ourselves and to the babies that we're parenting and mothering, but to the whole world, right? Our ability to, to mother well and be supported enough that we can actually take good care of our kids and at the same time take good care of us, it's sort of, not just sort of, but like actually like the 
survival of our entire species kinds of kind of hangs hangs on it. Are we mothering a generation of, you know, unconscious, wounded, traumatized people who are going to continue to traumatize the earth? Or are we mothering a generation of conscious, grounded, secure, safe, loved, whole human beings? How well we are able to actually parent our children really hangs on how we are feeling, how much support we have, our ability to also at the same time take care of ourselves or at least have someone take care of us. And I just, I, I don't have, I'm not sitting here, you know, kind of ranting about this because I have some some great big solution here and like do X, Y, Z and, and we'll be all fine. I just have a feeling like, like we're, we're looking at it from a, from, from a weird lens. And I'm trying to apply that in the sense of not thinking of caring for myself as something that has to happen outside of my role as a mother. That actually, okay, I'm here now. I'm living and breathing with this baby. I wake up and I go to bed with this baby. We are, we were part of each other. We're not separate. We're kind of separate. We're more separate now than we were during pregnancy. Yes, but we're, we're not separate, right? Like his survival depends on me being present with him. And also my well-being hangs on me being able to be present with him. So how can I stop looking at my self-care as something that has to suffer for his well-being and start looking at us as a symbiotic organism where we thrive together. And if we're not doing well, that's something that happens to the both of us as well. And taking care of myself has to be a part somehow of this day that I'm moving through and this night together with him in small ways and in big ways. And what I keep coming back to is the only way for this to really function and for this to really happen is we need we need the village. We need the village. And, and even just one person, like you and your spouse or you and your partner, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, whoever, is not enough. It is not enough, especially not if you have more kids than one, especially if one of you is going to work, especially if both of you is going to work. It's not enough. And I think so many of us are craving this feeling of community. I talked about this last week a little bit that I was just, yeah, craving togetherness and kind of wishing we didn't live so remote. And part of that is this realization that I'm having that it's this would be a whole different ballgame if we did it together. If it was normalized that we had family around and not just family, that's like blood family, like grandparents and things, but family as in the closest people, as in chosen family, as in community, where we're together. There's of course always a mom, always a dad, but somehow we're together sharing the responsibility of the children. And I think it's the same sort of feeling that I had that always drew me to the idea of living in a commune or living in a in some sort of communal structure. Like I've had that on and off where I've wanted to live in a space where where we're together, where we share life. And it's not just that traditional kind of, you know, mom, dad and 2.4 kids and whatever we're however we're doing it in the Western world now, but living in something that feels more like tribe. And 
obviously the way we live now, like we're further from people than most people are, but it's not even that, you know, I think it's, it's also that emotional share that we share the emotional burden that we have enough people to talk to. And I think standing there with a screaming baby all alone, knowing that like you can't go to the bathroom, the option you have is to put the baby on the floor and let him scream while you go to the bathroom or you just don't go and you keep holding your baby. I don't think that that is a, I have a hard time imagining our ancestors kind of doing it that way. I feel like the more natural way is that there is always a pair of loving hands there ready to hold the baby. That There's always a pair of loving arms ready to support the mom. That somehow if we were in more closeness, if we were in more of a a life that was where it was more natural to actually share. This whole this whole thing would be so different. It would be night and day. And instead of thinking about it from that lens that actually it's not it's not like we we think that we are the problem. Like I am not enough. I'm not sufficient. I don't suffice. I you know, if only I was stronger, if I was a little better, if I was a better mom, if I could do more. Sometimes I feel like I, I want to split myself and I want to be a whole mom for Leia and I want to be a whole mom for Finn at the same time, like in two different places kind of. And then I want to also, you know, fully be cooking and cleaning and fully grow my business and fully be in the garden and fully like there are so many roles I want to fill and so many things I want to do and fully own my role as a wife and be a better partner for my husband and it never ends, right? I want to be in so many places and and be so much for so many. And at the end of the day, feeling like I just can't, so I'm not enough. I guess other people do it better. It's easier for them. We're actually, we're not supposed to alone fill all of these roles. It's it's not, no, it's it's not human. (laughs) It's not possible. And this whole idea that we're, you know, we're equal now, we can have it all. I think it's, it's, it's hurt us in a way. And I don't know, I, I think about this a lot. Like the true equality is that giving up time with our babies? Is that, is that what, what's, what, we, what equality really is? Or are we kind of missing something along the way now? You know, are we feeling better now that we can? Yeah, I, this is a hard question. I don't want to offend anyone either. For me, anyway, I can talk. I can speak from my own perspective without. But that usually causes less less offense. The years that I have spent leaning more into my masculine side of, I can be the provider and I can be a CEO of all these companies and I can be the boss and I can be the money maker and the breadwinner and the mom and the the one who gives the emotional support and the creator of things, and so-and-so, and a good friend, and a good wife, and I can, be, I can be everything. I mean, nothing burnt me out quicker than leaning so far into that masculine side of myself of doing and providing and, and giving, right? And I think there is, um, I don't know, not that I want to bring us back to the 50s where we're all housewives staying home, But I have a feeling that as a society, we've leaned a little bit too far into the independent roles. We've almost been led a little bit astray in thinking that we have to do it all. 
and somehow, I don't know, I would love to bring that, that feeling of like, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to want to give one of those hats that you've been wearing to want to give them up. It's okay to want to leave a role as you enter parenthood or as you enter motherhood. It's okay if no longer you feel like if you still want to do the career thing and you want to do it all and and that's aligning well with you, wonderful. But if it's not, like it's okay. It's not shameful to want to put some of that down. It's not shameful to acknowledge the fact that, hey, I I feel really lonely here. Could really use some help. Like it's actually, I think, very human and very normal. And I don't know how to go about this. I, I remember during the pandemic, I was playing around with the idea of like, what if we all bought some land and we created just a village of like-minded people who all want to not live exactly the same way, but at least you share the most important core values where we had a beautiful like little earth school where our kids could learn and grow in a way that didn't just completely squash their independence and their uniqueness and their essence, right? And where you had someone who's amazing at baking bread and you had someone who's amazing at growing vegetables and you have someone who's a great teacher and someone who does body work and someone who does this and so, and you, you build your own little village, where you actually live together, you know, not together in the sense of we're all sharing the same bedrooms and, but like where you're, you're doing it together, where you kind of pop those little bubbles of complete maximized independence, right? Where you're so alone and not just alone, but alone telling everyone how you're so fine, right? And you have it all together and we somehow can get back to kind of like sitting in circle and doing this life thing with a feeling of being more in community and being more supported. I don't know. It doesn't sound that crazy to me. (laughs) I have no idea how to go about making it happen at all. I just know that I personally need to reframe my, how I look at self-care as I mother my baby. And, um, the more support I'm able to invite into this little equation, the easier it's going to be. Even that, like taking that first step to, okay, well, how do I ask for more help? How do I ask for more support? How do I invite that into my life? Because it's not like that just arrives one day, right? We have to actually reach out to people. It might mean making new friends, might mean inviting new people into your little sphere. And that's scary. That requires vulnerability, intimacy. Like how do you even go about doing that as an adult? I resonate with Leia when she says like, I I haven't made a friend yet. I'm like, yeah. Making friends is hard. It really is. But yeah, if anyone has a really, truly beautiful idea around building community, I would love to hear it. Because, you know, we're doing the online thing. The online thing is beautiful. I'm glad it's there. It was a great example yesterday after all the crying and (laughs) me being so fried and stressed out from that day that I just felt like I just want to give up. Like I've never felt like a shittier mother. I've never felt more insufficient, you know, than I, than I do at this moment. And then I shared that online and then I had a thousand of you go, Hey, you're not alone. I feel the same. Or, Hey, I got you like sending you love. 
you're doing a good job. It's so simple, right? It's so simple to lift each other up and be there. It really is. And um, I wish we lived in a way where that, yeah, where we didn't have to get to that bottomless feeling of despair, right? Where we had that feeling of someone catching us there before we got there all the time. So um, (laughs) one uh, thing that I know I don't know much. Obviously, you can hear from this podcast just the roller coaster of emotion I just shared with you and yeah, everything that just came out of my heart and into your ears today. I, I'm all over the place. I I have the same feeling of I have no idea what I'm doing. Like I, I really I feel clueless in every role that I hold right now. Like I don't know how to put all of my life together. And at the same time, I feel so confident in being a great mom and knowing no one could mother my babies the way I mother my babies. And I'm doing a really good job. I know everything and I'm doing it right. And I have no clue and I'm doing everything wrong. And somehow this is all existing inside of me at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. So a couple of things that I have really committed to this week and that was so emphasized after our really really hard day of crying in the city is I am gonna do my very best to involve Finn in the practices that I need to do to take care of myself and look at motherhood as this ever-changing absolutely sacred role that I have where taking care of him, in essence, is taking care of myself, where I was meant to to be in this place always. This is not just some mundane kind of, you know, boring day-to-day thing that I'm doing. I mean, it's that sometimes too, but it's, it's actually absolutely sacred and so purposeful and so divine. Like, he was always meant to be my son, right? Like he was always meant to be right here in this dynamic with me as his mom. Like this is faded. It's written in the stars. It was meant to be. And when I look at it that way, it's like, well, just being his mom is taking care of myself because I get to live out this purpose that I have, that I was born with. It was always meant to be this way. And this journey of mothering is so, so sacred. It's offering our bodies and hearts and minds and souls up on the altar of life you know prayer becomes not just something that we do when we go a certain place or when we're in need of something but it becomes the everyday like the things that we look at as mundane and boring are actually the most precious the most sacred the most special and every second that I get to spend in presence with this baby is a second to really cherish and a second where I'm doing something that I'm meant to be doing. And when I look at it like that, like motherhood is the spiritual journey. Motherhood is meeting God. <laughs> motherhood is motherhood is, is everything. And I was always meant to arrive at this place. It's like I don't have to go search for the guru anymore. Right? I've 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 found him. And he's, he's right here in my arms in this moment. 
I can stop searching. I can stop looking. I can stop asking questions. The answers are all right here in front of me. And it's in the day-to-day boring stuff, right? It's in the changing of the diapers and cooking the food and cleaning the house. And it's here. And it's easy to forget, especially when it's hard. But when I look at motherhood as the epitome of the spiritual journey, then I don't have to separate myself to go take care of myself. I don't have to hand someone the baby to go practice self-care, but self-care can become a part of my mothering. And somehow in that, in the reframing of self-care during motherhood, there's the key. I know it's in there. I just, I need to, I need to find it and I need to practice it. But it's all available to me already right here, right now. And it's available to you too. Chances are you might just be in need of a little bit more support. The way I think we're always in need of more support. Tell me a mother, tell me a mother that has everything she needs. Absolutely everything she needs. I mean, show me her and I will go. (laughs) I will kneel at her altar for a little bit. But I really think we are always in need of some kind of support and some of us more than others. And when we get to a place of feeling like as mothers in this life, our cup is completely full and overflowing, what are we going to do with that? We're going to help other mothers, right? And maybe that's what going from mother to crone is like entering that stage in life and finding grandmotherhood and you know there's something really beautiful in the cycles of our of our feminine lives i want to thank you for being here with me (laughs) thank you for making me feel less alone thanks for bearing with me for these crazy podcast episodes that i feel like contain everything and nothing at the same time and um Yeah, have a beautiful weekend. Take care of your babies if you have them. Take care of yourself. And I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.